Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple of moments and settle our minds and our emotions and, if necessary, our bodies and just relax for a minute and Recognize that you're open to what the Lord has to say to you and that you want everything that he wants for you. Your spirit, who you truly are, has already said yes to God. Our problem is our soul. Our soul wants to maintain control. But we thank God that he will not let that remain. His desire for us is that we become whole, spirit, soul, and body. He will not let your soul continue to maintain control. Now, sometimes his priorities are not ours, but he's the God. He gets to decide the priority. So that's one of the reasons we emphasize being able to hear his voice because he will let us know if we're straining over gnats and swallowing camels for spending too much, paying too much attention to things that aren't important to him. Let him be the God. Let him be your guide. And this is where the simplicity of devotion to Christ becomes a part of your life, not because from effort, but because those things that aren't important fall by the wayside. We are starting to talk about some conflicting, some topics that cause conflict. That, that cause people to have strong reactions, and that's fine. Feel free to have strong reactions. But also remember that part of what we're dealing with while we're here on this earth is to not react to those strong reactions. That our soul, which is our mind and our will and our emotions, Our soul does not determine truth. How strongly you feel about something or how strongly you believe it or how strongly you can prove it does not mean it's true. God is truth. And only what he is not just what he says, but what he is, stands up to the scrutiny. And, but that's fine that we go through the process of questioning him, questioning what we're being taught and questioning what we believe. Any of your beliefs that you hold, that you say, well, I can't question that, that's, that's something you want to look at. You want to ask the Lord, why why is this 
such a topic that I can't even consider that changing my mind about. What belief system or emotion or history is tied into this belief system where if, I, if that changed, there would be side effects, there would be consequences. Now, sometimes it's because we believe things that we have tied our actions, our planning, our decisions, based on what we believe. And if we start messing around with what we believe, we might be going, we might start questioning how we've been making decisions, who we've been hanging out with, how we've been treating people. And God wants us to do that. God wants us to question what we believe in his time, in his place, in his way. We've talked about so much of what we believe is inherited from our parents and from our religious exposure and our history and a great deal to do with our own personal experience in temperament, how we're put together. Your own temperament and personality is going to be influential in what church you attend, what denomination you attend. And there's, that's fine. It's just that, sh- that is not the determination that God uses. This is why we want to hold on to all things loosely. Because, and we're, we're safe to do that in our soul because our spirit is already on solid ground. You don't need to worry about being deceived or miss God, be out of his will in your spirit. You're in him permanently, eternally, end of story. You don't need to worry about it in your spirit. And if that's the case, God is bringing your soul along to be reunited with that steadfastness that is your spirit. So the changes that he makes conform us more and more to stability, where we cannot be deceived, where we cannot be fooled and tricked. Your spirit cannot be fooled and tricked. Your soul can be. And, of course, your body. We're, you know, we, we are tricked by our eyes all the time. We are tricked by our physical, natural senses. And likewise in our soul. We make decisions based on emotion. We make decisions based on our own theory, our own history, our own presumptions. And where you're at, that's perfectly fine for now. But understand, God wants to bring you, your soul, into reunion with your spirit. So just as solid and steadfast as your spirit is, he wants your soul to be that as well, and your body, so that there is no shadow of turning. There's no no opportunity for any infringement on the way, the truth, and the life. 
that's not dependent on what your what you have trained your soul to do. It's on what God has reunited your soul to your spirit. This is God's work. There's enough for us to be doing. And these are a lot of things we're talking about. There's if we would focus on what we are to be doing, spending time with God, learning his voice, learning how our soul works, learning our super, the supernatural realm, the natural realm, the spiritual realm. If we just spent the time that we're supposed to be doing and let God take care of the rest, we would enjoy our life a lot, a lot more. And God wants us to. God doesn't want us going through this life in misery Woe is me if I can just hold on by my fingertips until I die and go to heaven. That's not what God wants. And it's not for putting the the nice face on, for going to church and smiling when you're lost inside, when you're hopeless, when you wish you had somebody else's life or we're wondering you could, when you could escape this one. God has knows what's going on, and he, he wants us. And I'm not just talking happy. I'm talking about contentment and satisfaction and, and in reality. But he's the one who makes those changes. We are the ones who are resisting him. And again, there's the simplicity. If we... There's plenty of things that God wants us to be doing, that if we just spent our time doing that, we, we wouldn't have time to be messing around in what he's doing in his business. Now, a lot of times the, what happens is the more we, time we are available for him to change us and to hear his voice and to test what we're hearing and to learn how to move in the gifts and bear the fruit, and live and move and have our, spe- have our being in the Spirit. As we're focusing on those things, he will put us in situations where we affect others, where we help others, where we, we accomplish other things. Odds are, though, we won't even notice it. Because where is our attention? On God not on what he is doing, not on what we are doing, but on God. That certainly doesn't mean we're not involved in our lives. We're not involved in our families, our, our neighborhoods, our communities, our countries, our world. We're not. That's part of our being in this world, but not of it. It's part of, that's why we're here. If there wasn't something for us to learn while we're here, it would make more sense for God to just, when we, when we, He's respirited us, when He's, we've been born again, just to kill us and take us to whatever's next. That would be far more economical, unless there was something that He wants to accomplish in us here on this earth, and part of that comes back to our belief system. That we have this idea, and this is where 
where we've kind of run into is this whole concept of in the supernatural realm that there are good things and that there are bad things and that we're supposed to learn about the good things but you know be fearful of the bad things and where this leads us is this whole notion that we really need to get into our head about the nature of God there's this idea that that God you know since God is good and the devil is bad that they're equal. They they both have the same amount of power. They have the same amount of authority that they are butting heads, that God and the devil are butting heads and fighting over your soul or fighting over your neighbor's soul. Or that's where the battle is between God and the devil. And that's just not true. God does not have an opposite. He does not have an opponent. He created all things for his purpose. God created good and evil. The concepts that we struggle with are based on our own knowledge and our own understanding and our own experience and in a lot of ways our own the literature that we've in, inherited but how does god describe himself he doesn't describe himself in terms of good and evil he says i am he created the tree of knowledge of good and evil he created it. It was all in him. And we talk about the bittersweet, the bitter and the sweet. We need both, the left hand and the right hand of God that are necessary. We need both from the same tree. We need the good and the evil in our lives. We need, in the supernatural realm, we need the angels, and we need the demons. How God has created good and evil, they are both created for us. God describes himself again as I am. It's not I am good or I am evil. It's he is. This is part of our challenge as we try to understand the spiritual using limited terminology and when we can't find the words when we can't find the concepts we substitute we we make a comparison we fill in the blanks rather than just saying god i don't understand how this works but I know that you created everything for my good, and I accept it. So we want to be careful when we're, when, as we're addressing the supernatural that we are all oh, super excited about learning about the good side 
you know, what we call good, the, the angelic that minister to us. But we want to avoid or are afraid of the demonic. But guess what? They minister to us as well. The demonic point out areas where we are relying on ourselves a lot of times far more effectively than the angels. Your fears can often tell you far more about your wounds and where you are trying to control God and trying to control your own history, your own future, your own present, a lot of times far better than being ministered to by angels. Our, even our understanding about the good, shall we say the good side, the light, the light and the darkness, God is both. God created light. God created darkness. God created heaven. God created hell. God created everything. God created the past, the present, and the future. And he's there now. Believe there in Second Kings maybe, you know, God calls all the creatures before him and says, I've got this little problem. Who wants to solve it? And a demon comes up and says, I will be a voice in the prophet. I will speak to the prophet and speak through the prophet, and we'll get the king to do this, that, and the other thing. And God says, sounds good, go do it. Demons, the demonics, and again, we're really limited. You know, I love how Paul says, we, should not, we are not ignorant of his ways. But yes, we are. We are really ignorant. And we like it that way. There, and there is, that's part of the belief system that we shouldn't, we, we shouldn't want to talk about it. We wouldn't, shouldn't want to be involved because that's, we can be so easily deceived and we, can, we should not be sticking our nose where it doesn't belong. But let me explain something to you. If you're born again, you have the power and authority over the supernatural realm. And if you're not learning how to exercise that power and authority, you are not learning to walk and live and have your being as a spirit being. You are denying your own new nature. If you say, I'm going to stay away from learning about the evil part, the dark part, the bad part, the demonic part of the supernatural realm. You are saying, okay, God, I'll accept teaching in this area, but I'm not going to accept it in this area. You're telling God no. Just want you to think about that. Now, this is, of course, in his timing. Just because you're listening to this doesn't mean this is God's timing for you now. He might want to be talking to you about something far more important for him. And whatever it is that he's talking to you about, that's far more important, whatever it is. If it's something simply is about, about an anger issue or about a wound you've been resisting to be healed, whatever it is, that's the most important thing because it's the most important thing to God. If it's the most important thing to him, it's the most important thing. Pay attention to it. Give it your time. But this is where we're 
we have a challenge is when we start talking about warfare with the demonic. We are settled in the idea that we have to do battle with the demonic, but we don't have to do battle with the angelic. So we get this idea that, okay, the demonics are enemies and the angels are friends, that there's the opposite. And what I'd like you to just start thinking about in terms of not their, whether they're good or evil, but what purpose God has them in your life. Why is he teaching you about a certain aspect? What does he want you to learn? What are we always saying, going back to God, what is this about? Lord, is, is this meaningful? What am, I, am I on the right track with this? This always brings us back to, you know, so often we, we learn so much more from our mistakes than we do from getting things right. And when we stop and consider about our nature, that our new nature is spirit, period, end of sentence, and then we have a soul and live in a body, but those beings in the supernatural realm were created by God to be what they are. The angels, the messengers, the scribes, all the different classes of angels and all the different classes of demons, God created them to serve a purpose. And as long as they're serving the pers- per- that purpose, they are pleasing to God. And they can't not serve his purpose. That's the way God created them. Think of a, a poisonous snake. It's poison, maybe poisonous to us, but it's exactly the way God created it to be. So we don't think of it as evil. We think of its venom as poisonous and damaging to us. We don't say God hates that snake. Or that snake is evil. No, it's, this is the way God created it, and it is damaging to us. That's it. We don't take it personally. We don't think of it as something that we need to be, you know, terrified of. We give it the respect it deserves. But we, we, we don't let it become a barrier to learning about it. And just as likewise with angels with the good side of the supernatural. We don't accept everything that we experience in the light as being truthful because we are still filtering what we are learning. We're still interpreting what we're learning by our own wounds, our history, our own perceptions. And Only in the spirit is there absolute truth. Only in God. In his creation, there is shadow. There is range. There is partiality. We're learning. The whole concept of learning is that we don't know everything now. If you knew everything now, you wouldn't need to learn anything. 
but we're learning. And we're being taught. And we're, we want to experience the supernatural realm so we can learn. So we can learn about how our soul was created to function. Your mind, your will, and your emotions were created by God to perceive and interact and, again, have power and authority in and over the supernatural realm. When Adam and Eve walked through the garden with God, when they encountered him, when they encountered other creatures, when they encountered the good and the bad, they, they never said, oh my goodness, I've never seen anything like you. It was a regular part of their day. God was a regular part of their day. They were never shocked that he was there. And the beings in the supernatural realm are just as varied and have individual characteristics just as in the people you meet on a day-to-day basis in your physical realm, in your physical day-to-day. Your neighbors, you learn to recognize them as your neighbors. They have good traits, they have bad traits. Your spouse, your kids, your parents, your siblings, your boss, your pastor, whoever, you learn, okay, they have good points and they have bad points. Now, some you may categorize as, oh, a good person. You may decide your neighbor's a good neighbor because they are respectful towards your property. But you may not know that they're actually embezzling their boss at work. Now it would make them, you know, in our minds, a bad person. So we're learn- the goal is our soul would be folded in to reunited with our spirit where we are not judging by the perceptions of our physical senses or our supernatural senses. And that occurs by, by reason of use. We find out the truth of what's going on in the supernatural realm by reason of experiencing the supernatural realm for ourselves. Our senses become effective by reason of use. So we've talked about going and and asking the Lord for supernatural experiences. So how do we handle that when we're talking about the demonic? Well, first, we want to get rid of these fears. We want to, Lord, is there anything that is keeping me from being open to be taught, being taught by you about the supernatural realm? And a lot of what we've been taught, like I said, has come from history, from literature, from other people's experiences, what we've been taught in church or school or from our parents or on the TV, or on the radio, wherever, but taught from others, that they have come to their conclusions, maybe even by experience. And it's easy to just say, this is scary, I'm going to avoid it. 
God may not want you to avoid it. God may want you to overcome that fear. And he's going to do it, not you. But he wants us available and, and open to participate with him. So we have, we don't want to exalt the influence of the devil, and we don't want to minimize the influence of the devil. We want to be aware of the influence of the devil, just the same as the influence of the angels. Again, they serve God. They minister to us. They minister to his creation, both. God has assigned the demons, whether it's in the class or individually, purposes. They have jobs. The angels have jobs, and they do their jobs all day long. And from our perspective, sometimes we like the jobs they do, and sometimes we don't like the jobs they do. And that's all the difference that it is between the good and the bad, between the dark and the light, is, is how it affects us. When we look at it from God's perspective, all of them are serving him. The good and the bad are serving their creator. So we want to look at this as an opportunity. Lord, if there's any fear, I don't want to make decisions when fear is keeping me from being able to make the right one. I want to be open and available to anything you have for me. So, Lord, if there is any fear, if there is anything that I'm not aware of, bring it to the surface. Give me your peace in that. Do whatever you need to do, because I don't want that fear to interfere or impede anything you're doing in my life. However, you know, there's no magic words. There's no magic sequence. Just be honest with God. You don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to be deceived, whatever it is. You don't want to get hurt. You don't want to get somebody else hurt. Those are all valid questions, valid fears. Take them to God. Let him deal with them. Let him speak his peace. Let him speak actual information, whatever it is that will leave you ready for what he has for you. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Continue to drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. Until next week, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. <laughs>